You're listening to the Audacious Church Podcast. This message was recorded live at our Manchester campus. We know this is a great investment into your life. So tune in, listen up and stay focused. For any more information, visit us online, audaciouschurch.com. My name is Pastor Mishak and I have uh, just the amazing opportunity today to, to speak to us uh, and contribute towards our This Audacious Life series. Uh, today's the last one. I'm doing the last one. Uh, I know we looked at uh, fearlessly devoted. We looked at uh, fiercely determined. We looked at seriously fun. And this morning, we're going to be looking at wildly authentic. Wildly authentic. And we're going to, have to share a few things over the next few moments. And I trust that it will be a blessing to you. But just to tell you a little bit about myself, my, you know, I'm married to a wonderful, wonderful woman called Charlene. Um, she's amazing. She's fantastic. And, and, and when we got married, we were told we couldn't have children. And that was a devastating thing, a devastating moment for us. And I remember at that time, we were still living in a place called Torbay in South Devon. And I remember going into a place where we were uh, in Torbay Hospital. And whilst we were there, we were given this news. And they said to my wife, she would be better off without her womb, but they would have to just do an operation to remove her womb. And when they told us that, they said, you need to come back in seven days. And I remember going for a walk and spending time with God. And I'm saying, look, I just don't understand this. I don't get it, but I trust you. I don't understand it, but I trust you. Because there is something in me that just knew that God was going to do some incredible miracle at some point in that process. Seven days later, we were invited to come back in preparation for the surgery. And as we walked in, there was a panel of three doctors, a senior consultant, a GP, and a junior doctor. And they gave me paperwork to sign, waiver forms to sign and say, look, just before she goes into surgery, sign these forms up. And as I was about to sign, the Holy Spirit clearly told me, stop. And in that moment, I stopped signing and the most junior doctor on the panel just jumped up and said, hey, before she goes into surgery, can we do a pregnancy test? Now, you know, in that moment, if, if, if you know anything about medical hierarchy, you know that if you're the most junior doctor on the panel, you just don't jump up and say things. But this, this junior doctor persisted and continued to ask that we do a pregnancy test before Charlene went into, into surgery. And I want to tell you that when God is about to do something in your life, he will use the most unusual circumstances that will absolutely just completely miss everything for you. And in that moment, I knew that something had changed, something had shifted in the room and, and she continued until the senior consultant said, okay, when you take her out to prepare her for surgery, just do the pregnancy test then. And literally moments later, this junior doctor with a big smile popped her head back into the room and signaled to the senior consultant to come out of the room. And the senior consultant walked out and moments later she came back in and she just looked at me and she said, sir, I can't, I can't explain anything to you right now, but all I know is you won't be needing this paperwork anymore because somehow your wife is pregnant. Somehow, somehow your wife is pregnant. So now instead of coming out of this room to turn left to go into surgery, we actually turned right for them to do another scan. And we went back into this ultrasound room and they, would, they, they put the scan, the, the ultrasound on my wife's womb and within seconds we could see that there was a baby. And then they said, we need to investigate further. We need to find out how far gone she is. Now you need to remember seven days prior, there was absolutely nothing in the womb. 
And yet seven days later when they measured her, she was seven weeks pregnant. How, when the Bible talks about a God who is outside of time, it's not a figure of speech, it's not just fancy language. It is a reality. And just before I get into the message this morning, I wanna prophesy to some people's lives right now. You have had the voice of time become louder than the voice of the timeless one. But I wonder what would happen in your life this morning if you made a decision that no longer shall the voice of time become louder than the voice of the timeless one. Because something happens, something happens in an atmosphere when we begin to allow the voice of the timeless one to be louder than the voice of time. It might have been five years, it might have been 10 years, but listen, the God you serve is fiercely committed to you. He is fiercely committed to you. And for that very reason, whatever you might be going through, this is what we talked about, how goodness and love will follow you, provided you are following Him. Wildly authentic Christianity looks like going through the stuff that everybody else goes through, but you come out not looking like what you've just been through. Because of Him and because of what He does. So now, not only do we have one miracle, not only do we have two miracles, not only do we have three miracles, but by the grace of God, we have four amazing children. Jesus deserves the highest praise in this place. Oh. Jesus, did, you see, when, <laughs> when we come around praising Him, when we talk about this authenticity in Christ, we, we need to realize that when we're praising Him, when we're lifting our praise, it's not that we're trying to, to just remind Him of what He has done but actually it creates what is known as resonance because in, in us is Him. And when we reveal, when we praise Him, He inhabits the praises of His people. So when His presence comes, everything else that concerns us comes into alignment. We're talking about being wildly authentic as children of God. We need to understand that that word, that word authentic means to be of undisputed origin. In other words, there are no questions asked that you follow Jesus. There are no questions asked that the Spirit of God lives in your life to be of undisputed origin. Now, when you look at our four children, you can tell that they definitely belong to me. Yeah, somebody said, <laughs> somebody said that good, because otherwise, that, yeah, there might be some concerns along the way. But you can tell. But what I love the most is the fact that when you look at all four of them, none of them are exactly alike, yet they are all alike. Are you with me? None of them are exactly alike, but yet they, they are literally, you can see them together, you just know they, yep. Undisputed origin. And in the same manner, when God is looking at us, none of us are exactly alike, yet in the same breath we are together. We are of the same undisputed 
origin. And when we talk about this whole idea of our undisputed origin, we have got to go back to Genesis 1. And verse 26 has got to be the starting point because it says, Then God said, Let us, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit make man in our image according to our likeness, not physical, but spiritual personality and moral likeness. And He said, Okay, this is, the, this is who we are. Not everything else that we're dealing with in our lives, but when we come back to our undisputed origin, it's, it's our likeness to God. That's the starting point. Now we know, if we, we read our Bibles, we know that when we get to Genesis chapter 3, things fall apart and things go wrong. And, and that's okay because when we read it, we need to understand that it creates the framework for us to understand what God was trying to do. We know the moment that we read in Scripture in Genesis chapter 3 where God banishes Adam and Eve out of the garden. And when we read that, sometimes we may look at it and think, but what kind of a God is that? But you need to recognize that God's commitment to authenticity is far greater than His commitment to our comfort. God's commitment to authenticity is far greater than His commitment to our comfort. Because we tend to associate God with comfort, but I need you to know that He is more committed to authenticity than He is to our comfort. And for Adam and Eve, they find themselves in a situation in verse 22, where comfort was being taken out for the sake of an opportunity to regain authenticity. This is what He says in verse 22. Then the Lord said, Now these human beings have become like one of us and have knowledge of what is good, and what is bad? They must not be allowed to take fruit from the tree that gives life, eternal life, and eat it and live forever. So the Lord God sent them out of the Garden of Eden and made them cultivate the soil from which they, were, they, they had been formed. And then at the east side of the garden, He put a living creature and a flaming sword which turned in all directions. And this was to keep anyone from coming near the tree that gives eternal life. Church, we need to understand that when, when God was making this decision to banish them out, it wasn't because He's been a mean God. It's because He was trying to, to retain an opportunity for Adam and Eve to, to, to what? The rectification of the, the error that they had made. We, we need to know that God is so committed to authenticity that He will banish comfort in order to make way for that. Now when we read on in the Bible, we see that God had a bigger plan. He had a more grand plan that was designed to bring back this level of authenticity. It's called salvation. He said, okay, when you, this is the plan. I'm gonna give my son, anyone who's gonna choose to believe in him, they will have an opportunity to be part of this three-stage process. They can be saved, they can give their lives to Him. When they do that, they will be saved and immediately they will be justified. In other words, declared blameless before Him. That is an instant, which means instant process where the penalty of sin is removed. Just even in this moment, this morning, we'll have an opportunity to really consider giving our lives to Jesus because when we do that, we come into this place where the penalty of sin is removed. And then the next part is called sanctification where most of us are working through. This is, when, this is the process when the power of sin 
is being removed from our lives. The penalty has been paid. Jesus has done that. It's paid. The power of sin is, uh, is being removed gradually through the process called sanctification. And when we get to the end, on the day, according to God's timing, when we, when we leave this earth, we'll become glorified. That means separated from the presence of sin completely. Completely separated from the presence of sin. I don't know about you, but when it comes to death, for me personally, I am no longer scared of death because I recognize that's just part three of what God is doing in saving my life. So this is why as followers in Jesus Christ, how we, we, we live our lives has a bearing on how people understand who God is. This whole, this whole idea of authenticity comes into significant play through our lives. I want to read something to you now and what I truly believe is, 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 is a snapshot of what it means to live a wildly authentic life. It is to live in such a way that people can connect the voice of God and the message of the gospel with the touch of our lives. To live our lives in such a way that people can connect the voice of God. Don't forget, we're all spiritual beings who happen to live in this earthly body, this piece of clay. But we're actually on a significant assignment to reveal Jesus to the world. That's what we're here for. That's, that's who we are. Everything that we're doing comes back to this moment where we recognize we're spiritual beings living in an earthly form on a mission to reveal Jesus to the world. So we live in such a way that people can connect the voice of God. Because whether we like it or not, every single person has this part in their heart and in their lives that recognizes that there's, there is more to my life than what I currently see. Everybody has it. Christian, non-Christian, everybody has this real sense that there is more to my life than what I currently have. And that more has a name. Church, that more has a name. His name is Jesus Christ. His name is Jesus Christ. Our authenticity is derived from Him. Without Him, we're inauthentic. Without Him, we're just like everybody else. But when we are in Him, when we have Him, we find our authenticity. I want to share a few thoughts with you about how Jesus showed us this model, just how He lived His life. And then we can learn some of those principles that He applied in His own life. Number one, Jesus lived a wildly authentic life by transforming, not conforming. Jesus lived a wildly authentic life by transforming and not conforming. Now we've got to understand that everything that Jesus did, whether it was eating with sinners, whether he was healing the sick, everything that he was doing, wherever he was, he brought transformation. Not conforming, he brought transformation every single time. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 gives us an amazing caption of his ability to transform. He says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. The old has gone and behold, take note that the new has come. I want to zone in on just two words. In Christ. If anyone is in 
Christ. Transformation is inevitable. I'm not talking about if anybody has heard about Christ or anybody is sort of hanging around where Christ is being spoken about. I'm talking about whenever one of us or two of us or the whole church decides to be in Christ, transformation is inevitable. That word goes on to expand a bit more. The word in Christ there is literally talking about taking a fixed position in Him, unwavering, immovable, not a flexible arrangement that is dependent on how I'm feeling on a particular day. This is a fixed position that no matter what happens, no matter what's going on in my life, I am making a conscious decision that I'm in Christ. I'm in Christ. So when the winds of life happen, I am in Christ. I remain steadfast. But here's the beauty about transformation. When you are in transformation, you too become an agent of transformation. When people meet you, something shifts in their hearts and they begin to see that, hey, there's, I'm just being drawn to what you carry. I'm being drawn to what you have. And then they find ultimately that what they're seeing is Jesus alive in us. And they find that transformation for themselves. Wildly authentic Followers of Jesus Christ reveal Him through the flavor of their lives. It might not look like what you have, it might not look like what I have, but ultimately we're all doing exactly the same thing, which is to reveal Jesus to everybody. Now we've got to move quickly and know that the whole idea of transformation, that we see the beginning of it in Genesis chapter 1 again, particularly verse 2. We see the, the, transform, the transformation narrative coming through God himself. And the Bible says it this way. It says, Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, From that moment on, everything changed. Everything changes because when God spoke, transformation happened. And then he says, in the same manner as those who are my children, as those who follow me, when you speak, transformation is inevitable. Because when we recognize the authority that we carry, that you carry, when we speak, things respond. They're not responding because I've got a high voice or a loud voice. They're responding because they recognize the authority of the Creator. His name is Jesus coming through. So I wonder, how are we speaking? What are we speaking about? Because if it's positive or negative, whatever we speak comes into alignment because the authority you carry still stays the same. Because you're wildly authentic. Are you with me? So why don't we make a decision today that we're going to speak for the marginalized. That we're going to speak for those whose voices have been silenced by the issues of life. That maybe we're going to speak for those who are broken hearted. That we're going to, because when we speak, transformation comes. When you speak, transformation comes. The other way we facilitate transformation and not conforming is laying our lives down. Laying our lives down. Romans chapter 12 gives us a classic example and says, you know, when you, you, you have received the kind of mercy that Jesus has given us, you can't help but respond through laying your life down before Him. 
That's gotta be the response that we carry as children of God to, to lay our lives down as living sacrifices before Him. Whenever the Bible talks about a sacrifice, you know there's an altar somewhere because no sacrifice can be presented without an altar being prepared. In the Old Testament, the sacrifice would be an animal and the altar would be made of stones. But when we talk about us, the sacrifice is us. We are the living sacrifice. And the altar is actually our hearts, the state of our hearts. And God says, is there an altar for this living sacrifice to be offered up back to me? Or is the altar in disrepair because of all the other things that we've given our hearts to? Every time you give your heart to something else, you are keeping the altar in disrepair. And therefore, you can't offer up a living sacrifice because the altar is not prepared. This is the reason why the enemy will do whatever he can to grab a piece of your heart because he knows whatever piece of your heart he has, the altar becomes in disrepair. But the devil is a liar. I believe that this morning, altars of a heart will be rebuilt back to God. That whenever the Lord looks at our hearts, when He looks at my heart, when He looks at your heart, He will see an altar that is ready for the living sacrifice to come up. Wild authenticity, number two, is when we withhold nothing from God. It's so important. You might think, well, how is that, how is that authentic? Well, number one, the father did not withhold him, his son for our sake. He gave his only son. We know that, John 3, 16. But then when we go back again into Scripture, we notice that even the son himself in 1 John 3, 16 gave up his own life. And then I wonder, I ask the question, church, if the father is given his son, the son has given his life. Why are we withholding our all when we have been given his all? Wild authenticity is when we withhold nothing from God. Everything I have, everything you have, everything we have, we give it to Him. Here's why it's so important. I'm gonna put a, 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 a phrase up on the screen and I need you to, to, to remember this for all the days of your life. I learned this the hard way over the years, but I've got it in my mind, I know. And the phrase is this, Satan will make a feast out of everything I withhold from God. Satan will make a feast out of anything that I withhold from God. Because he knows that God wants all of me. Because in God's DNA, we've just seen it, he doesn't do withholding, he gives all. He gave his son, his son gave his life. And he's expecting that we, the very least we can do church is to give our all to him. And you might be tuning in online and you're 
you're watching your screen and I really sense that the, the, the power of the Holy Spirit is speaking to you right now and you know you've been withholding some things from the Lord. But this moment, this morning is an opportunity for us to just get back right with God and withhold nothing. The good, the bad, the ugly. Lord, you can have it all. You can have it all. And then he says, there is my authentic son. There is my authentic daughter. Because we have made a decision to withhold nothing from God. Let me ask you a question, church. You, you gotta understand that everything you withhold from God becomes an idol in your life. Everything. Because what you have said, what, you, what you're basically saying is, Lord, I'll give you this, this and this, but I got this. In other words, I am, Genesis chapter 22 gives us a classic example. God speaks to Abraham and He says to him, look, I, give me your son. Give me your son. And, and offer him up as a living, as a sacrifice. Kill him for me. And then we know that when we read the scripture, there's a particular phrase that I see, which is fantastic. And, and it's when the Lord says to him, now I know that you fear me with reverence and profound respect. Since you have not withheld from me your son, your only son, you are willing to give him up to me because what's more important to you is not that you withhold anything from me. What's more important to you is that you give everything, including the most precious thing you have. Wildly authentic lives are lives that are lived in the power of the Holy Spirit. Transforming, not conforming. Withholding, nothing. Lived in the power of the Holy Spirit. Now this is so powerful, this is so important because Jesus Himself in John chapter 16, verse seven, explains to us why it's so important that we live a life in the Holy Spirit. He says, but I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, then the helper, the comforter, the advocate, the intercessor, the counselor, the strengthener, the standby will not come. But if I go, I will send him. It is to our advantage that we embrace the gift of the Holy Spirit. Jesus found that he, he was such an essential gift for the body of Christ to fulfill the mission of revealing Jesus to the world because without the Holy Spirit, that is mission impossible. Without the Holy Spirit, it is impossible to reveal who Jesus truly is. And this is why Jesus makes an effort. In Acts chapter one, verse eight, He says, guys, before I go, you need to go to Jerusalem, wait in Jerusalem because that's when the Holy Spirit will come in. When He comes, you'll get power. You'll be filled with power. You'll be filled with not only just the fruits of the Spirit, but also the gifts of the Spirit. 
Because you will need all of these things if we're going to truly make an impact on our city, on our nation, and even on the nations of the world. Wild authenticity is when Jesus can look at us and see Himself. Wild authenticity is when Jesus looks at you and looks at me and it's as though He's looking in the mirror because He can just see Himself. Do you know why? Because when you lay your life down on the altar and you ask the consuming fire of God to come over your life, it consumes everything that is not of Christ and it leaves everything that is of Him. That's how when He looks at you, He sees Himself. The challenge we have as living sacrifices is this. It's one thing to lay on the altar, but it's another thing to stay on the altar until the fire of God comes to consume everything that is not of Him. Ah. Are we willing to rebuild the altar and lay on it and ask for the fire of God to come? and consume because when that consumption happens, transformation is inevitable. Power of the Holy Spirit. I really feel the presence of God in this room and we can make one of two choices. We can just think, oh yeah, that was, that was yeah, great morning or we can actually have an encounter moment in this moment. Or you can say, Lord, I know there are parts of my altar, the altar of my heart that need to be rebuilt and brought back to you. So I'm gonna do that, Lord. I'm gonna give my heart back to you. And for some of us, it's the, the whole idea of withholding. We, maybe there are things that we've been withholding from God and you're gonna say, Lord, I, I need to give everything back to you. I don't wanna, I don't wanna withhold anything. And I don't know which one it is for you, but, but all I know is in this moment, we can't miss this moment. Whatever you do, don't miss this moment. Luke chapter 11 tells us that for those of us who need the Holy Spirit, you just have to do one thing, one simple thing, ask. That's, that's all we have to do is just ask for the Holy Spirit. But it goes on to say, it's not just a one-off ask, it's a continuous and persistent asking. But maybe that's where some of us fall short. We, we can ask once or twice, but then when it comes to persistence, we can potentially just step back and be like, oh, you know, I asked five years ago. I asked last week, but listen to me, something has got to arise on the inside of you that recognizes that without the Holy Spirit, nothing, we cannot do anything towards this mission of revealing who Jesus is. Come on, why don't you stand with me for a moment? I really pray that today something will shift in our hearts when we, when we have a revelation of our need for the Holy Spirit and then recognize that that revelation will, will cause a desperation to rise on the inside of us. That very desperation will become fuel in how we persistently ask for the Holy Spirit. As a young boy, I almost drowned. In actual fact, it was, it was just a crazy moment. 
And I remember in that very moment, as I was trying to swim and I couldn't swim, the one thing that I wanted, the one thing that I could have given everything else up for was to have just this moment where I could go. <sighs> the one, nothing else mattered in that moment. The one thing I was desperate for is to just come up and say, <sighs> Desperation is consuming, it's all consuming. It becomes, it shifts from optional to a magnificent obsession. Where there's a clear realization that without the Holy Spirit, I cannot do anything. So I just need. <gasps> authenticity is when we live in the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. Thank you for listening to this Audacious podcast. For any more information, visit us online, audaciouschurch.com. <laughs>